morning, everybody. Hope everybody had a great weekend. Today's podcast will be about my mom, who uh, passed away 11 years ago today. She eventually passed away uh, with complications due to melanoma cancer, which is skin cancer, for those of you that don't know. And I'll go through that part of the story briefly, but um, I want to talk about why I believe that my mom and people like my mom um, are heroes and why they leave a legacy behind when they're fighting these battles the type of um, support that they supply to us and uh, and how important I think it is that, that we try and all of the rest of us try and follow the same same script uh, when we're on our way to checking out and if we don't know we're on our way to checking out that maybe it's not such a bad idea to, to, to live like this, to, to leave that positive um, taste in people's mouths and, and, and to, uh, to leave an example that, that, that may at one point save somebody else's life without you even knowing it. And I, I think that those are, are pretty important qualities. So I'm, I'm going to talk about that um, for the next bit. Uh, this podcast may be a little bit longer than usual, but then um, um, another thing that, I, you know, yeah, it's my mom and I love my mom and, 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 and uh, she's a great person. Um, but I think it, I think it has more to do with people like my mom and people like my mom. And I've met, I've been very, very fortunate where I've met a lot of people that are, uh, that are like my mom. So, um, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get going on that. But first we'd like to thank, uh, T&M Electric for, uh, supporting us. And we would like to thank my donor for sure. And, um, and their family for honoring uh, organ donation and, and, and honoring the wishes of, of, of organ donors and family members and for signing that organ donor card, uh, which I did a couple podcasts ago. Um, I did it on, on the actual podcast and uh, I received my sheet and it's great. And uh, so I tissue everything, medical, um, but I have some sarcoid and stuff in my system and, and uh, I'm pretty sure there's probably some other stuff you know, to do with, say, um, uh, what my Fortic had to do, what Prograph had to do, and, and Predazone had to do to my system and how it worked. And, uh, you know, and, and any of the effects of that, uh, half adder, if it can, uh, if it can help somebody else, prevent somebody else, I'll be dead long gone and, and, uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully on my way to heaven. So, so that's, you know, that's that part, uh, shoot for the vitals has got their shoot coming up and I'm, th- thinking and i'm hoping 
that the restrictions will be lifted um, and that they're still going to be able to plan that in. So that uh, when I find out for sure, I'll put a link on the podcast um, for anybody that wants to do some archery or, or just show up or donate or, you know, to the cause or whatever. Uh, I know I got to come up with uh, with a couple things from the company to donate for um, for prizes. So um, so we're going to do that for sure. And, uh, um, Kathy, you know, uh, you have my blessings. I know that you're, you checked yourself out of the hospital. I don't blame you one bit. I, I think that was, uh, an excellent decision to get out of there and, uh, recoup, um, and, uh, enjoy some time at home, um, for what is coming up is going to be a, a, uh, a gruesome grizzly battle, which, you will be successful in, I know for sure, um, because of your attitude and because of your will and, um, you know, and, and, and just your, your, you know, you're like, you're like Bruce Willis, really, you know, you just, you die hard and, uh, and, um, you know, you're, you're just, it's just constant. So, so I wish you all the best. I know that, uh, that Nevin has been successful in, um, in, in getting out and about, so, um, you know, he's, he's been in and out of, of his, his day centers now. So, um, so my daughter just came in and you can hear the dogs in the background. And of course, when my daughter walks in and the dogs will come over and then Smokey starts talking and my daughter's face just lights right up. Right. And, and cause she just loves dogs. So these, and these two are, are, are just a couple clowns, these dogs I have. So, so anyway, she's over there. She's got that grin, great big smile on her face. Yeah, yeah, the puppies. And I mean, she sees these puppies like 10 times a day. So anyway, um, so yeah, uh, Kathy, I'd like to mention to my, my buddy Wayne, who I, I, uh, had a brief chat with the other day, um, about, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm sorry that your wife has, has passed. Cancer got her. Uh, she was a wonderful lady. Like she is, she is a, an absolute wonderful lady. And, and, um, uh, she, she sure, you know, was a, was a real positive, um, influence, a great mom. Um, and she will be missed. And, uh, She's a real, real lovely lady, but unfortunately, cancer does not discriminate. So um, it will take you no matter who you are. Uh, she did really well, though. I, I know at one point she was given uh, limited, and it was five years, I think five to six years that she battled. So so good for her. That's another, um, that's another person, patient, you know, another person that went on their terms. Uh, was able to go on their terms and that's awesome so good for you um michelle and and uh you're a fantastic woman just like my mom and i'm i'm sure you're you're up in heaven and and uh and enjoying your time so okay let's uh let's move on with this this podcast i mean i see so many positive people on on instagram and and uh, I know I'm very fortunate. I know a lot of positive people and a lot, a lot of good people. And, and uh, um, you know, they, uh, I could talk all day just about all the great people and all the positive people I've met and, 
and talk to and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But today's podcast is about my mom. So I'll give you a little bit of back info here. My, um, I was born back in 74. And uh, my mom, we lived in Scarborough. And my mom and my biological father didn't see eye to eye. So we, uh, we moved. Um, mom got remarried. I think we moved to Corona. And then I was really young. Sarnia. I have a memory of Sarnia. They were cutting a skylight into a house in Sarnia. Um, I think it was my, my dad. So that'd be my stepdad. Just for future reference, my dad will be my stepdad. And my biological will be my biological father. Okay. So we'll just go with that. So, um, and I just remember this thing leaking. And then they had to do something with it. And that's about it. But I, I think my mom was laughing pretty hard about the fact that this, this skylight was leaking. So my mom laughed a lot, which was good. There's no, there's no issue there. I mean, I, I have so many stories to tell about, um, about my mom. But there's a few that I remember particularly that I think you know, kind of draws into the theme of, of what I'm getting at here and kind of draws into the theme of, of, of how I feel about my mom and the things that I learned from my mom. Um, you, you know, I, I mean, most of us are blessed with having a, a phenomenal mother. Um, you know, this is, this is the, the, the person, you know, f- for the most part. And, and I, to anybody that, that didn't have this relationship with their mom, I, you know, I, I'm really, I'm really sorry for it. Um, and, uh, I hope that there's there's peace in there somewhere for you. Um, but uh, I think I think the one thing about you know the, the the mom, you know, I see this with my wife. I saw this with my mom. Um, you know, my aunts, my grandma. Um, you know, some of my buddies' wives. Uh, that sort of thing is there's always that um, there's always that there's that place in a mom's heart that just never ever goes away no matter what and and I, I just think that that's such a remarkable um, just attribute to have and 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 it just doesn't seem that there's any, any other women, 99% of women I know that they, they just have that. And I, I think it's, I think it's just amazing how regardless of what goes on, regardless of what happens, um, that mom is always there. And, uh, um, I just think that's fantastic. And I, I, I just, the reason I find it so mind boggling is because I know what I put my mom through. Um, I mean, you know, uh, split home, blah, blah, blah. I'm not looking for any, uh, sympathy off that. I mean, it, it, it did change, 
changed me as a kid and it affected certain aspects of, of my life, you know, as, as, uh, as we look back on our life and, and it may have changed certain things or done certain things and, and, uh, um, change the way we look at certain things, which, you know, which some people have an issue with and some people don't and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to like my mom was always accepting and always tolerant. She was, she was hard. I mean, when I was out of line, she most certainly let me know that I don't have any issue with that though. That was a very, you know, when I, at the time it didn't seem, you know, whatever, cause I'd be embarrassed or whatever else. But now I completely understand what she was doing. And I agree with, you know, every time she called me out, I agree with a hundred percent. Um, but you know, when I was, when I was in younger, when we lived in London, and my mom was a secretary at uh, a Catholic school up the street. I think, I forget what it's called. Doesn't matter. So, um, Sir Arthur Cardi, I think is what it was called. And it was in um, White Oaks in London, Ontario. I, I don't even know if the subdivision is still there. I, I don't know. Maybe it's changed. but Or maybe the school's not there. I don't know. And... I can remember going to the school, like especially when I was older. I'd go and see her at that school and there would be a thousand little kids in there. Like all these little rugrats in there. Not because they were in trouble. Not because they needed anything. They're just in there to talk to my mom. They just love talking to my mom. My mom had this, this quality that um, kids were always... They were just attracted to her. She's just like a magnet to kids. And I can remember, um, I remember this one little kid got hit in the head with a brick. And that child ran from the schoolyard. Yeah, he got hit in the, hit in the head. White Oaks had, you know, it was, um, it was a great subdivision, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of, um, um, I mean, this is back like 30 years ago, maybe even longer. No, it's back 35 years ago. Um, and there was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, um, you know, people there like uh, that, um, you know, they were, they weren't so, let's say, uh, I don't know how to say this because I don't want to get, I don't want to get in trouble for, for, you know, pissing somebody off by saying something, but it, I mean, they were just, they were just, they weren't so light, so easy as we are now. You know, I mean, these, these kids were, were, uh, uh, like I got the wooden spoon. Um, I can remember my buddies getting chased down the street by their moms. Um, at which was bad because then when dad got home, you were toast. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it just didn't make any sense. We all turned out fine. So I'm just thinking, like, I know this little kid. He, um, my mom said that he he kind of grew up in a bit of a of a rougher house, and and when she says that, he had a bunch of brothers and sisters, I think, if I recall correctly. So he hit this other kid with a brick, and so the kid came running in, went, didn't go to his teacher, didn't go to the art duty teacher, didn't run home. He ran into the office 
My mom wasn't there. She was in the staff room. So he ran to the staff room to find my mom. And I mean, if I recall correctly, she said, look, I barely even knew this kid. And this, this kid came right to me. So, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of the, the, um, that's the thought process behind this, this, uh, this podcast is that this young child just got hit in the head with a brick. I think he turned out just fine. You know, we're like more younger, right? I mean, especially boys, you know, we're always smashing our heads on tables and trees and fence posts. And speaking of trees, another buddy of mine, his name was Simon. And he lived, he fell out of a tree in the park down at the end of the street, tore his leg open. And instead of going home, instead of going to the block parent, Instead of, because back then, I don't know if they still do this, but back then we had block parents. So people would put a sign up in their window. And if you were afraid or you had any issues or whatever, you could go to this house and they would help you. You know, I, I mean, I'm not, I haven't seen a block parent sign since I can remember. It's probably not even a thing anymore now. Um, but back then, you know, there's, there, we had block parents. So, you know, um, and he went to my mom and uh he barely even knew my mom but he knew where our house was i wasn't even i wasn't even hanging out with him that day um we were somewhere completely different and they showed up at my house uh and my mom helped him he ended up getting like 25 stitches or something he tore his leg wide open on this tree and he went to my mom and and of course of course my mom helped I mean, that was just type, the type of person that she was. And, and it, you know, it's crazy because, I, I mean, this kid barely knew her. But he just knew that he could go see my mom and my mom would help. It was crazy. I mean, this kid was bleeding. Like, I just remember this kid bleeding all over the place because I, I was probably on the street playing road hockey or something. We played a lot of road hockey. You know, she would yell out the door, come in, have some water and some food. Go in the house. Okay, you're done eating. Get out. <laughs> get outside and play you know um i mean i think we got our first video game was an atari it was pretty cool got that for christmas one year and uh i barely played it because you weren't you weren't allowed to just sit around and play a video game yeah i think about like how much time uh, i've got one game i play on my ipad to relax and i think about how much time sometimes i put into that that stupid uh ipad i'm thinking man my, uh, my, uh, my, you know, my, my mom would just, uh, would just laugh her ass off at that, right? So, you know, as, as time moved on, um, I played a lot of hockey. Um, I was goalie. Uh, my mom thought I was something special, but I don't think I was. I was just, uh, I was probably average goalie, I would think. Um, and uh, she always, she was always my my number one fan. Now, now my dad, he he always coached me, so he was always there. So always spent time coaching me, and that I mean that carried on to my kids. Um, I always coached my kids as much as I could. Got some black rifle coffee. I worked out this morning, um, as as usual, and uh, I was massively 
calorie deficient yesterday. I don't know what happened. I looked at my diet and I'm like, I don't know, it looks okay. But um, um, I only made it till about four or five o'clock yesterday, and I was just I had a headache all day and all that sort of stuff. And and uh, I needed my, what I needed was my mom around to yell at me to tell me to um, to uh, come inside, have some food, get out, get out there and play. So um, when uh, my mom be at all my tournaments, all my games. I don't know that my mom ever missed a hockey game. Um, now, we were in a situation, too, where, uh, like, my mom was a secretary, so, you know, she worked 9 to 5, I guess, 9 to 4, whatever, 7. I don't know what time secretaries start. Anyway, and, uh, you know, even at my mom's my mom's funeral, which was far long gone after she'd retired as a secretary, there were still people at the funeral that said, you know, I can remember your mom and these kids would follow your mom everywhere. And, and I, I am blessed with the same trait. Um, I'm, you know, I'll get kids talking to me, kids I've never even met and I'll get, they'll get talking to me in, in the store or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, before, like a long time ago, that wasn't such a big deal, but now, you know, people look at you funny if you're, you know, if you're talking to a, to a kid or whatever. Now, now, I love talking to kids. I love listening to their little stories. I love hearing what they have to say. I mean, it, it just allows you to escape reality for a minute when you've got, you know, um, a five or six or whatever year old telling you some story about, you know, whatever it may happen to be. And, and uh, you know, I mean, if, if, if you can if you can break down and, and actually allow yourself to enter into that world of that that child and and listen to their story and actually play along with them a little bit it's it's uh it's quite relaxing um you know and it, it i always find that when i'm done having a, a little conversation with with uh with a little one like that or whatever that um um yeah i was i just feel better once that uh once that conversation is 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 over with um so one of the other things about my mom was, um, of course she was divorced and, and, uh, um, so I lived with my mom and my, uh, my brother, he lived, uh, with my biological, uh, father and, and I would go and visit and that, and, and I'm not going to get into any of that, um, stuff, but, uh, my mom was always very, very resilient with that. And, and especially with, um, you know, the fact that there was two different households, it, it, we were pretty different kids. So, you know, he, you know, he would come down. She was very resilient to being able to deal with the, with the two different worlds. Um, and, you know, being able to, to handle that. And, and very, very rarely did she ever lose her cool. Now, when, when my mom did lose her cool, then everybody knew. Um, and when she had a point, she she made her point, which I don't disagree with. I think that's fair. Um, I understand having some some couth, but I think if somebody, I think if somebody wrongs you enough times or I think if somebody does something that warrants you saying something about it um if that person's going to get their 
their knickers in a knot and they're going to, you know, react in a certain way, then, then so be it. But I think my mom always used to call a spade a spade when it needed to be called. Sometimes she, sometimes she would call it out maybe and, and it would be, let's say, um, um, debatable maybe on whether or not she should have said something. It, she would generally talk it out after I've had, like I can remember my mom and I having coffees on Sunday when I was much older. Um, when I was just starting to kind of get my shit together, actually, because for quite some time, I did not have my shit together and my mom still stuck with me. And I mean, I was, yeah, I was a horrible kid. I would say, like, I would say if my daughter were to give me a Yelp review, it might be a one for, you know, out of five for, for being a kid. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my mom, but I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. So, uh, but my, my mom, she never faltered on that. Like she never changed her, her idea. She never changed how much she loved me. And, and this is where I get at when I'm talking about actual heroes. Okay. This is, this is where I'm coming from when I'm, when I'm saying to people, Hey, listen, I think we have our our heroes backwards okay I think that some of the people that were idolizing out there I think maybe we need to take another look at some of the people that were idolizing okay this is why um, one of the people that that um, was teaching me lessons that I had no idea I was going to need um, that's where I classify the fact that that I believe that this person is a hero and I mean, tried, tested, and true every day for as long as she was on this earth. I'm not the only one that's, that's ever said this. Um, you know, I mean, I've heard so many people say this. I, I have pictures of her with my cousins. I have pictures. Um, I can remember when, when my wife and I first got married. And, uh, you know, it was just her, Tyler, and I. And uh, we weren't getting any help with Tyler. Um, Tyler's my my stepson, so to speak, but he's, he's, he's my boy. And, um, um, he, you know, we weren't getting any help with him. My mom would send these care packages and like, I'm talking huge boxes of clothing, toys, snacks, treats for Tyler. Uh, and then when Jessica came along, she did the same thing with Jessica. When Jessica came along, when Lily came along, um, they came down for the birth. They came down and they helped out with that. Um, and, and they did, you know, I, I mean, they lived down in, in, uh, in Tennessee and I lived, I still lived in Canada. Um, I still live in Canada. I, I never did. My, my uh, dad, he's down in Tennessee. Um, but, you know, he's, he's, he's living down there. He's doing his thing. So um, now when my... As, when my mom, um, let's, like, she would cheer from the stands and the whole hockey arena would hear. And I mean, that was really, I was really, really supportive, you know. Um, and you would see the way that, that you could see her being kind and resilient at the same time so 
you know, like she was doing something nice for somebody, but they were just taking it for granted, let's say that that she was doing that, she would still continue to do it. Um, every once in a while she'd call somebody's bluff, but she would still continue to do it because of the way it made her feel, right? Like she would feel good about helping somebody out. So, um, so then she would do that, right? And that was a, you know, that was a good lesson because I think it's important that from what I've seen, I think it's important that we, we help people, not for what we're going to get in return. You know, when I see a video of on, let's say, I don't know, YouTube, Let's just call it YouTube. So if I see a video on YouTube where you have somebody videotaping them, you know, uh, giving money to somebody or doing something for somebody or, or you know, and, and then they're, you know, oh, I'm living by, you know, live by my example or whatever. That I don't agree with. I mean, I, I think you're doing it more for recognition than you are for doing it to actually help the person out. And I don't agree with that. But in a case where you have people that are doing things every day without looking for any recognition and without, you know, really, really looking for that. I think that that's, that's, that's a hero type of person. And that's the type of person that my mom was. And she would do that on a regular basis. And a lot, you know, she made a lot of people happy by doing that, especially the kids. I mean, she would send these care packages at Valentine's day and Easter and birthdays and Christmas and, and um, I don't know, whatever other holidays there were. Sometimes she would just send the stuff out of the blue. And all of a sudden you'd, you'd get some chocolate in the mail just because she was thinking about you. And I, I mean, that was the type of person that, that she was all the time. You know, and she was very, very resilient. She had a, a massive, massive heart. Like unbelievable. And I can remember... Um, one of, the, one of the bigger mistakes I've made uh, in my life out of the millions and billions that I've made was I moved to my biological father's one summer. And uh, anyway, I, I moved down there and, and um, um, it was an absolute shit show. So I, I wanted to move back. It didn't take long. I wanted to move back. I apologized to my mom for leaving. I realized what I had done. She accepted me right away. There was no, um, there was no questioning, no, well, you know, this, this, and this, or nothing. When I walked back into that house, she, like I had never left. And, you know, and I had, I had put my mom through a miserable load of hell by doing that. And I mean, she accepted me in. I, I don't know that maybe she did forgive me. I, I think we had the conversation. Unfortunately, I've forgotten the conversation due to um, previous uh, setbacks in my life to do with transplant stuff. But, um, you know, it was a rocky road for the next bunch of years. You know, making that move was a horrible, horrible decision. And again, you know, your your parents generally are right. Um, you know, and 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 I didn't I didn't realize it. But we like we would go to Tennessee 
Um, and she go out of her way to make sure that I, I got to go fishing. I love fishing. I loved fishing up there. Like they dropped me off at the riverbank and I go fishing and then they go do, you know, some stuff and they come back and get me or whatever else. It was, it was fantastic. Um, she would talk to people down there in Tennessee. Let's say they went into a store and they had some fishing lures. She would start talking to the people about the, the fish line and where do they fish and what do they fish with and everything else uh, just to try and help me so that I could catch some fish. You know, um, we had a boat down in Bayfield and I, I'd fish all day. Like I'd go up river. Um, I'd take my dog with me. He had a little life jacket and uh, we'd go up in this little dinghy. We'd go up river and um, um, we'd get up there and we'd spend the whole day up there. Whatever else would come back. Um, I'd go out on the pier. If I went out on the pier, sometimes I'd go, I'd go first thing in the morning. I mean, right as the sun was coming up. So I don't know. I don't remember what time the sun comes up in Ontario. I mean, midsummer here, you know, June, July, yeah, even into August, the sun comes up here at like four o'clock in the morning. So I don't remember what time it comes up in, in, uh, in, uh, Ontario, but, um, she'd bring me out juice, breakfast, sit with me for a bit, you know, um, and, you know, way out on the pier. And, and, and she, she did that so many times. Um, we'd go on these, you know, these, these boat trips and, uh, um, we always had fun. Like my mom was always singing. She was always playing board games. Um, you know, asking all those, you know, when your kids are, Oh mom, come on now enough or whatever, you know? And, and, and she did it constantly. Like we would drive to Tennessee and we went to Tennessee all the time. Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We went there all the time. And now um, it was just a short trip. Sometimes we go down to uh, to Florida. And we go down to Florida to see, uh, I think we go down to see both sets of grandparents. So there'd be like, uh, I think Grandma and Grandpa Kenny we go down and see sometimes. But Grandma and Grandpa Learman we'd go down and see. And then we just went down to Florida a couple times. Um, went to, uh, like, I remember going to Ron John surf shop, my mom wanted to go in there and we went in there and, and bought some cool stuff and, and all that sort of thing. And, and I mean, the, the stuff there was pretty expensive, but she was still game to, you know, like my mom always tried to buy me clothes that were in style. So I, I felt good. Um, and you know, I, that, that I always, you know, had that opportunity to have nice clothes, um, she, you know, she always made us good meals. I was pretty, I was pretty chubby kid. I still am, um, pretty chubby, but, but, uh, I try, I do a lot of training stuff, but you no, know, I just, I'm just not very good at it. So, um, but I keep trying what the hell, right? What do you got to lose? And my mom was the same. Her and I'd go on these long walks. She used to love to walk. I'd, you know, I'd love going on those walks with her and, and she, you know, she'd hammer along for an hour, hour and a bit. And, uh, you know, she'd be good for, I don't know, whatever, a week, let's say, just like me. And then, you know, she'd eat like a whole chocolate cake or something like that. Oh, she was so funny. Or, you know, she'd have her wine, eat a bag or two of chips or whatever. And she'd wake up the next day, not with buyer. You know how sometimes you get shopper's remorse or buyer's regret or whatever it is. And 
Not her. She'd wake up the next morning and say, oh, I can't believe I ate all those chips and this, that. I got to get back on my diet and this, that, and everything else. And, and uh, she was still really active. You know, um, we went to Sugarloaf in Michigan. And they went down there, my mom and dad, and, and uh, to cross-country ski. And um, they started downhill skiing because they couldn't do the cross-country skiing. And now my mom, she never really went up the hill. I think she only went up the hill. Like, we went to Vermont, and she never left the bunny hill. Now, mind you, though, I think it was Jay Peak we went to. I don't remember. Mind you, though, the bunny hill was as big as Collingwood, right? So... You know, you, you you just you go on this uh, this bunny hill, and it was and I I'd, I'd do a bunch of runs with her, and she'd do great. She'd just snow plow all the way down, and you know she'd do that a bunch of times. Like she was, although she was heavy, she was still able to do so many different things. You know, like even when even when my mom was fighting cancer, very very rarely did you ever hear her. Um, like I'm sure when she was in private, she, she likely pissed and moaned about it. I mean, who wouldn't? I do. Like when I'm in private, if it's just my wife and I, you know, sometimes, yeah, you know what? Holy shit. I'm ever sore, but you never heard, you never heard her say that or do that. And I talked to my mom. I usually talk to my mom minimum once a week. Um, we would always talk minimum once a week. Sometimes we'd talk two or three times a week. Um, when I was at home, like when we lived up on, uh, I think it was Windermere Drive in London, her and I every Sunday morning, we would have coffee every Sunday morning. And um, that's when I really, that's when I started getting my shit together. I actually started doing well in school. Um, I was... Uh, I had lost my license, so I was walking back and forth to Fanshawe. It took me an hour to walk back and forth. And I would walk that every day, back and forth, no matter what. Whether it was raining, snowing, whatever, it didn't matter. I'd always walk that back and forth. I had the same route I took every day. Um, and uh, she'd offer me, like, I wasn't even going anywhere near in the same direction. Now, I know there was a couple of days, let's say, when it was really poor and it was really, really cold or whatever, and she would... Uh, um, my mom would, would, would give me a ride or whatever, but, um, you know, uh, mom would always offer me a ride. She was always really, really supportive. Um, but we would always, we would have those conversations cause she had moved to a high school. She was a secretary at a high school. And I remember she had developed this program and they started using her program and, um, I, I just remember her being upset about it because they, they weren't, they weren't giving her credit for it. They were giving somebody else credit for it, and and she, I know she had worked really hard on this program because she had been, you know, secretary for so long that she had customized this thing so she could track all this stuff, and and they weren't giving her any credit for it or whatever, and that that upset her because of course, like it would upset anybody else, right? I mean, if you do something, you want credit for it, in in a way. Um, you know, you work hard, like, um, you know, you train hard or whatever else. Yeah, you're doing it for yourself, but if other people are enjoying what you provided, it's nice to hear a thank you, right? And, and I can remember her being, being upset about stuff like that. 
there's a few other things too um, that that uh, we would talk about, um, and some of them are, are are like personal family stuff. I'm not going to get into that, but like I can remember when I married Jeannie, and my mom had a chance to meet Jeannie. She just I mean, my mom loved Jeannie before she even met her because, you know, that this here was this girl that had had stolen, you know, my heart. And uh, um, it wasn't her that broke it. OK, that was a, a virus for the transplant. It wasn't Jean's fault. Um, if anything, she kept it in together for longer than 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 um would have if i had had never met gene and if, if i had never got back um if i had never gone back to my if my mom had never accepted me back when i was i think i was 12 i never would have ended up to be the person i am today there's no there's not a chance um and i've got a few people right now that are that are really 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 pissed off at me for for something that happened a couple of years ago. And, um, um, you know, but I take the strength knowing that, that, uh, in this situation, I, I, I followed suit and I think I, I, I did what my, what my mom would have advised me to do. And, and I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with what I've done and I'm, and I'm, I'm happy when I go about but again, that was the thing where, um, that was one of the things that, that, that I really admire about my mom was she would stand up for somebody when somebody needed to be standed up for, and she would call, call your bluff. She did that with me and, and I needed it. You know, I mean, even at the time I, I barely accepted it, but I'll tell you right now, I accept it right now. Um, I can see that how much that, that that woman taught me with all of her strength and all of her her ability um, and her love. Like, I mean, it was just endless uh, the way she was with, with our three kids. Um, you know, she was just, like, he, there's pictures. I'm going to post some of the pictures on Instagram in a bit. But there are pictures where, you know, you can see her with Jessica and Tyler and you can see her with Lily and all that sort of stuff. And they were all just, like, just little precious gems to her, um, you know, and, and Janine and Allison and, and uh, um, Sarah, um, Kaylee, Robbie, um, you know, all of those kids, uh, sh she was great with all, you know, um, Kristen and, um, and Kyle as well, my other cousins, um, always... You know, I can remember her arguing with uh, with my uncle Joe. Um, he he was married to uh, my aunt Anne. Uh, they divorced a while ago. I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was a while ago. And um, um, but I can remember uh, my uncle Joe would get my mom laughing, and and my mom would get my uncle Joe laughing, and and you know, because sometimes my mom would say a lot of real silly things. Sometimes, like me, you know, while well, I'm like her, um, where I would say stuff where I didn't uh, completely think it out. And it, 
you know, sometimes it, it comes off as, as offensive and it's not meant to be. Um, and you're like, oh, shoot, I wish I wouldn't have said it like that. Or, damn, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Or, or you know, I wish I would have added this to it. My, my mom would do that. But anybody that knew my mom knew that she wasn't, um, you know, she wasn't trying to, to offend or hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, if she wanted to, if she was upset with you or she needed to say something to you, she would just say it to you. There was no pissing around. She wouldn't um, pull any punches. And I think that I think that that's a good quality. I think sometimes it gets you in trouble. We all get in trouble. But you knew where you stood because she would do the same thing when it came to if you did something right, you did something well. She would tell you. And she loved you. Like just, you know, like like true mother's love. You know, and, and um, you know, we would go down to, we'd go down to Gatlinburg and, um, you know, Jean and the kids and everything. And she would just do whatever she could, um, you know, and, and, and she, you know, obviously she had to work down there because then at some point, well, I think she had melanoma for five or six years before it, it took her. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it was misdiagnosed. Um, and, um, you know, I was, it was a, you know, anyway, I could get into that. So, um, the, the thing was, was, you know, it's like, so she, she'd get these different treatments for melanoma and don't forget like 16 years ago, 17 years ago, there was no stem cell. There was no. There was none of that, you know. She was at MD Anderson in Houston, Texas, for a long time. I actually flew down to Houston, and she had a couple tumors removed from her brain. Um, this was in her. This was in the end stage. So she had these two tumors removed, and that was like November. And. Um, well, she passed away today. So it would have been last November, October, November, I believe. And she passed away today, uh, 11 years ago. Yeah, 11. Um, even her coming out of that, even her coming out of that surgery was amazing. You know, she came out the same way I did. Like, that's where I got that from, too, waking up two hours after having you know, open heart surgery, after having LVAD, after having BIVAD, after having a heart transplant, two hours and I'm, I'm up, I'm ready to go. And they're putting me back to sleep again. Mom was the same. And, uh, um, like she was tough. She was tough as nails, yet full of love, full of joy. You know, um, even, you know, like mom was a bit, you know, mom was a bit overweight and she would crack jokes about, well, at least I found a, I finally found a diet, you know, and I mean, she was just reaching, sometimes she was just reaching for something to, you know, to, to make her laugh, you know, to, to put some, some light on the situation. And I, I can identify with that. And I think a lot of other people that have been that sick and in that situation can identify with that as well. Um, you know, and, and her, just her undying faith as well. Um, and there's a lot. There's a lot that could be said 
for the amount of faith that she had and that the way the way that she tied everything together in the end um her last you know uh say march to may yeah march february march to may were because i was really sick at the time i was really 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 sick with uh with stage four congestive heart failure and she was really really sick at the time in fact i was just barely recovering in hospital and she was in toronto and they didn't think she was going to make it through the day and and this was hard you know because there was oh there was this i could never actually tell my mom how sick i was so that day that she was that day that she was dying in hospital um i was on the i was on the line too like i wasn't dying i was coming back but i was still in trouble they weren't sure which way i was going to go my heart was less than my heart was around 16 15 16% heart function and yeah you know, i had just i had just come out of icu you know i'd only been out of icu for maybe a day and i was in icu i think for a couple of days and here my mom was down in toronto asking where i was and you know i couldn't i couldn't say nothing i didn't even know i said to the doctor said listen my mom's died i got to go see her and he said to me well you can't leave well you can leave i mean you can do whatever you want but he said if you leave right now chances are you won't make it and when you come back cuz you will be back cuz you're nowhere near healthy enough to do this when you come back we we probably won't be able to save your life so here i was stuck in this hospital and my mom was stuck in a different hospital and my mom was dying for the most part and i was just trying to stay alive i couldn't even tell her she never brought that up i keep hitting the mic sorry about that everybody she never ever brought that up that i remember she never once asked me why i wasn't there that day not once now i think a little while later i think she knew that something was up because of course when i was so i had this congestive heart failure i had to you know very very limited diet right so no sodium for the most part cuz i think it was 12 or 1000 milligrams or less in it barely any fluid 1500 milliliters or less so you ran into the situation where you're you know you're you're um you're uh you can't really eat much or drink much or anything else right you're on a pretty restricted diet so um i kept you know obviously i visited her all the time once i was able to get out of the hospital 
but I don't, once again, I don't think that anybody actually realized how, um, how sick I was. Like I can remember my dad coming down the one day to pick me up from the hospital so I could go see mom. And he was hours late picking me up. And I was, I managed to get the state pass and I had pills I had to take and all this other stuff. And he was just hours late picking me up. And when he came by and picked me up, he said, like, I said to him, I said, you know, I've got to get back to the hospital tonight. Ah, oh, you'll be fine. You know, it doesn't, it's not that big. Of a deal. He had no idea. And, uh, you, you know, it was hard because I wanted to go see my mom. Right. And my mom wanted to see me. And, and I felt, I felt really bad that, that I hadn't been to see her. Like I, I, now being in the hospital, those two times, I know how that feels. Like I know, I know how she must've felt. It's horrible. I can't believe she felt that way. Wondering where I was. And why I wasn't there. And she never even brought it up. Like that's how. That's how amazing. And strong. These moms are. That. They wouldn't bring something like that up. Even though it must have just been. It must have just been. Burning. In the back of her mind. of Why wasn't he here? No I guess they had. They had told my mom that uh, that I was sick and I couldn't come in. And look, I can remember the next couple of times coming down to Syria. I can remember that they almost admitted me in Toronto one morning when I was trying to get down to visit her. Um, I went in on my own. And um, uh, she, was, she wasn't in palliative care yet. She was in um, an ordinary hospital. But I, I would go in in the morning because nobody else would be in there. And, and um, I just wanted to go in. I just wanted to talk to my mom. I wanted to hang out with my mom. And, you know, just like the good old days, right? I mean, I was, I was no roaring at the time either. I was, I was still sick. I, I mean, there was things I was trying to do. I just couldn't do anymore. And, and now I was starting to realize just how, how hard it was for my mom. Right, so now I had all this new admiration for how tough my mom was. Like, like I just don't remember. I can remember her being late, you know, a bunch of times, and you know, we used to laugh it off. Now I realize why she was late. Um, I can remember, you know, her being tired or stuff like that, and not appreciating uh, what she was going through. And then all of a sudden, it hit me in the face, like. Like somebody smacking me with a with a four by four, a four by six, right in the face, and I'm like, oh wow, I can't believe, I can't believe what she was going through. Yet still accomplishing all these things, still remembering people's birthdays, still remembering to send people's gifts, still remembering to make phone calls and talk to people, and and even when she was in the hospital, she never ever did that I know of, she never ever had the idea that she wasn't getting out of that hospital. She always felt that she was getting out of that hospital. And 
she always said, you know, I, I need to get back to Houston, Texas. I need to do this. I need to do that. And you know what? Now I fully understand. There was a lot of um, uh, jibber jabber at the time about, you know, no, she can't do this. And there was, there was a lot of people saying a lot of negative things about it. Now I actually realize why she wanted to get back to Houston, Texas so, so bad. And, and I, I fully understand that. And I, I fully see why she was doing what she was doing because that was her security. That's where she felt that, uh, that she had the best chance of living. And, and you know, until you're in that situation, um, it's almost that sometimes, you know, you should likely just keep, you know, as hard as this is, is for people to take, sometimes you just need to keep your opinion to yourself, right? Because you have no idea what it's like to be in that situation where um, that's it, it's over. It's the end stage, but you still have that fight in you. And then you have people, you know, playing it down. Um, she never, you know, whenever I got in there and I talked to her and, and, and I, you know, I listened to her and she would tell me things and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, um, we had some really, really, really good conversations, but she never, ever played the sympathy card. She never, ever played, um, with me anyway. Um, and what she was going, and again, this is why, this is why I classify um, these type of people as, as, as heroes. I'm not classing myself as that, okay? I'm not putting myself into um, anywhere near where my mom was at. Um, I have nowhere near earned the honor that I believe that, that, that my mom and people like her deserve. So, so that's, this isn't a, I am not tooting my own horn at all. Um, it, this is all about my mom and people like my mom. Um, and there's lots. I've met lots of people like my mom. I'm very blessed to have met these people. Um, so in my mom's situation, when I would be talking to her in the hospital and we would be having these conversations and, and stuff, she was always, not only was she still a mom, not only did she still have great advice, but she never gave up. She always fought. She fought right to the bitter end. And that was probably close to one of the biggest lessons that she ever taught me. She taught me how to forgive and forget. Um, she laid the basis down. I just needed to, to cement that in. And I did. Uh, within a couple days of, of after me waking up from my transplant, um, well, I woke up the next day from my transplant. But a couple days after that, you know, when I had the opportunity to kind of sit around and actually think about a lot of the stuff that my mom had gone through, a lot of stuff that my mom was doing, a lot of stuff that, that, that she had done while she was, you know, while she was um, making her last stand and, and, and uh, going out on her terms and all that sort of stuff. A lot of that stuff came to play when I had, when I had realized that I had made it through my transplant and that I was doing really, really, really well. Um, that came from her though, because I wouldn't have made it to there without my mom. So again, that's that's something that you know you can't you can't teach anybody to give other people a message like that. That is something that is just ingrained in their DNA. I believe it's just that will and that fight and that positivity and that belief that belief in people. Um, she had a whole bunch of faith, so she had that to lean on. Um, 
those are things I, I don't believe that can be taught. Those are things that are just, they're just there. And then what you do is you set that example for other people. And my mom did that. She set that example for other people. And, and uh, you know, I'm like, I'm not sure that I, that I have anything where I would say um, about my mom, you know, oh, my mom did this and I regret my mom doing that. Okay. I, I don't have that, that I can think of. Um, or, you know, my mom put me in this situation. And I wish she hadn't put me in this situation. I don't have that. I can think that way about other people, but not about my mom. And maybe everybody thinks about their mom that way. I'm not sure. Um, and I look at all, I look at the way that, that so many other people looked at my mom and I look at the way that she treated her grandkids and her, and, um, the, you know, the way that she treated all her little nieces and nephews and, and the way that she treated those kids at the school and, and, um, the way she was at hockey and the way she was at soccer. And, uh, when she watched, you know, my kids and the Easter gifts and, and all that sort of stuff, there's always everybody else. Every once in a while, she would, you know, she would stand up for herself or, or, or she would put herself first or she would make a comment. And, you know, the, the funny thing about her making comments is, is, is they were warranted. Now, during all of this, while she's doing all these things, she's being a great mom. She's helping all these kids. Um, she... Um, sending out all these, you know, these great gifts, talking to people. Um, she was my uh, Kaylee's godmother. So she would send Kaylee an angel every Christmas um, for her to put on her, I think they were Christmas tree ornaments, because Kaylee gave me one when I was in my final fight. And uh, that helped out big time. Um, and then, I, of course, I returned it to Kaylee because I had, I had done what I needed to do. Um, and, uh, you know, all of those, all those things, she did all those things again while, while she was, you know, while she was fighting end stage cancer, melanoma, it was in her lymph nodes. It was everywhere. And she was still capable of doing that. Now, before my mom got sick, even during, but my mom had a laugh. And the laugh was very, very contagious, very, very boisterous, very, very, um, it was, it was an amazing laugh. And, and, and she would get laughing about something. And my mom loved to laugh. She loved to laugh. She loved to sing. And she would laugh and she would sing all the time. And it, you know, it was great. Like you'd, you'd hear her singing and, and, um, and this is, you know, the games that we would play in the car, right? She would be singing in the car. And, you know, um, uh, what was that one song? Down by the bay, uh, where the watermelons grow, that was one song. Um, bingo, she loved singing bingo. She just like the B-I-N-G-O part of it. And uh, um, and down by the bay, and even if you were frustrated, because you know how kids are, right? Like like rugrats are 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 can be real little twits sometimes. So even as as the kids are, um, she would just keep singing. And then it's license plate games and, and, and all sorts of things. And she would, she would always bake lots of Christmas treats for everybody. So we would go on these trips to Florida. We'd go on these trips to Gatlinburg and she would have all these, you know, Christmas treats in the car. She'd always make sure that 
I had friends coming along with me when I got older. We'd go do this trip, you know, like we'd go fishing or we'd go do this, we'd go do that, we'd go do this, we'd go do that. She always included my friends. Um, she's, and when we were sailing, you know, she always enjoyed our sailing trips and being on the boat. And um, we would always go, there's this place in London, it was called Sebastian's. I don't know if it's still open or not, but we'd always go there and, and, uh, and get cookies and stuff like that. I mean, you know, just always, I just, there's just so much fun there when I think about my mom. Same thing, we were up at uh, Ann and Joe's Cottage. We always had a lot of fun. Um, Salmon Lake, we always had a lot of fun. And, uh, and her, okay, so she had uh, cousins, um, Lynn and Lan. Lan, unfortunately, is, has, has passed away, but I, um, he was a, he's a Toronto cop police officer uh he's a pretty cool guy he had some pretty cool stories uh my aunt lynn's though she's she's still alive um when this travel ban comes up i'm gonna i'm gonna head down and, and visit them um because i haven't seen him in a long time so i'll go down and visit visit all those all those people um so we uh we we would get them together like at lynn and lynn's cottage and they would start laughing and it wouldn't stop. Um, I can remember my cousin Paul and um, he, he'd be there and um, everybody would be laughing so hard. Like you, you, your stomach would hurt. This was all day that this would go on. There's always something. And, um, you know, like, like we would be, um, you know, like, like my cousin Paul, he, he was great. And, um, he'd take me fishing and, and we do all sorts of stuff together. He was a phenomenal guy. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, Lan was always laughing and carrying on and, and, uh, and, and so was, so was Lynn. And you get, of course, Lynn and, and my mom, they, like, they, they were, be they're best friends. So they grew up together and they would do this stuff. I would hear these stories about the stupid things that they would do as kids. And they'd be laughing about, you know, the fact they got all covered in mud and then they get back and then they'd be in real big trouble. And then they go out and do something stupid the next day. So um, I guess some of the stupid shit I do, I, I, I got that from my mom, I guess. Um, although I think I, I do way worse stupid stuff than, than my mom ever did. But um you know, and, and when you look back at a life like that, and you look back at a person like that, you, you know, you can't help but smile and, and know that the positive things and the way that you're able to laugh at things and, and your, you know, your, your different view of looking at things, um, it really, it, uh, it was really kind of, you know, cemented into the building blocks of your life, you know, from your mom. And, and the, you know, the, the way that you can, I don't think that, I don't think that I would have ever made it through that fight without the building blocks that my mom had put down for, 
I think that she showed me that it was possible because there's a couple times there where I didn't think it would be. And I thought about my mom and off and off we went. I mean, I had lots to live for. I, I have an amazing wife and I have amazing kids. You know, all three of those kids are, they're all fantastic kids. And I'm very, very blessed with my wife and very, very blessed with my kids. Um, you know, like, uh, and I think that, like that was that helped but i don't want to downplay how important my wife and kids are compared to this fight but my mom really really did show that you can do things that maybe other people aren't expecting you to be able to do and you know for instance in this case here like you know bivad and walking and bivad stuff like that i think i was able to do that because of my mom uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I was able to to carry on the way that I that I carried on was because of that example laid down by my mom. And you know, we we have all these different people and they're they're doing all these different movements and they're doing all these different things and I, and I think it would be a sad sad day if we ever forgot just how important and how amazing our moms are. You know, and, and how, you know, like when I scroll through my Instagram, of course, I, you know, if I see a chronic heart disease little kid or whatever else, I, of course, I press follow because I'm, I'm always interested in their story. And, and um, you know, you, you get the slice little bit of good news off one of those little pages. And, and it I just find it puts a, a spring in my step for the day. Um, I love... You know, I just love seeing those those kids um, making it and living and and being successful in, in, in what they're doing and everything else. And and the moms are the moms are never dying in that in that faith. You know, they're never. You know, they. I'm sure that. I'm sure that everything tells them sometimes to give up on that and, and to. You know, I don't know. I'm not a mom, but but my mom never wavered. You know, she with me and the battles she had with me and the battles that she had with with being a um, you know having two kids in two different spots, which I know tore her apart. You know, because um, I can see it. I can see it with my wife. Like you know, like I mean, my like my kids just live across town, and sometimes. You know, I, I can see my wife nervous or, or whatever, and you know she's got to reach out to them and stuff like that. And he he lived across the province, right? And Ontario's such a big province, you know. Of course, it's it's a it's a long it's a long haul, and there are some others here, but I'm not getting into that stuff. So, you know, they, they never ever give up, and I, and I think that I think that it's really 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 important that we that we remember that for. For those of us that were blessed to have these type of moms and and there's probably a lot of us out there that don't realize that we have that type of a mom. And and you know, I, I hope you do. Um, you know, and and I hope that there was some information in this story here that will spark a, a fond memory of your mom. You know, like I, I can't tell you how much 
you know, I'd like to have my mom here with me. And, you know, to be able to reach out and talk to my mom and and, uh, share that, you know, I've got some, I've got some amazing stories to tell her. And don't get me wrong, I, 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 I don't think that she's not, you know, still watching over me um, in, in spirit. And I don't doubt her faith or, or anything else, but, you know, sure would be nice to, to look at her and, and, and tell her, you know, and, and sit down and, and have that, that coffee with her. You know, because you might be, you know, you might be looking at, uh, you know, even in this, like right now, you know, you got this, this, this COVID thing, you know, and, and maybe, you know, maybe lost, maybe lost a parent because of it, because they're old age, you know, or, or, or maybe you're still blessed to have your old age parent during this. Well, I remember that, you know, in three or four weeks from now, in a month from now, in six months from now, remember how fortunate it is that they're still in your life. You know, maybe they're, maybe they're old. Maybe they're starting to go senile. Maybe they have a bit of dementia. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're still out cutting wood in the forest. Maybe they want to talk to you, you know, Sunday morning for an hour or something like that. Maybe you can't make that phone call or maybe you got other issues. But, you know, one day, one day they're not going to be there. I know we all realize this, death and taxes. But the one thing is, is, is there just might be something that you say to her today that's really going to spark something for tomorrow, a conversation or something that she may want to tell you. You know, um, I mean, you think about the first year or two of your life, three years, four years. I mean, in my case, my mom took care of me forever. Uh, For the most part, she was it. Especially if you're my age, because you you know your dad had been out working, and your mom was able to stay home, you know, and then my mom went out working after she was you know done doing what she needed to do with me, you know. So don't forget that. Try and remember that. You know it goes. It goes to say for, you know, for all of our our loved ones where, you know, we should remember that. But but in this case here, I'm just I'm just talking about our moms. You know, I know mom Mother's Day is coming up and and that, that's that's a great time to celebrate uh, the things that um, you know, all the 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 memories and and all the the great times and 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 all that sort of stuff and 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 that's good but 
just just remember just try and remember that all year and um, it, it always puts a smile on my face when I think about my mom so you know like uh, when Tyler got his red seal I thought about how proud my mom would have been of him for getting that red seal as an electrician and that's that's a hard thing to get he did it he did it very well too um my daughter starting an apprenticeship jessica finding a boy that that treats her well you know my mom would have been really 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 happy to know that uh the way lily loves to sing and play guitar and everything my mom would have just eaten that up like just eating that up for sure and you know and, and and just share all that you know that joy and love like my mom would have been like 72 this year yeah she'd been going on 72 june 23rd she i think she would have been 72 so she passed away at 60 so you know you still have that kind of darn you know she's kind of we were kind of robbed but we were we were robbed um but in feeling that i was robbed and 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 in knowing that that um um that i didn't get enough time with my mom the time that i did get was was amazing and although there's a lot of time that i would have you know i, I would have liked to change i would have liked to done differently I can't, but I remember a lot of really great things about my mom, which is good because I lost a lot, of, a lot in my transplant. And for whatever reason, as sad as it is sometimes, some of the memories I have are, are, are bad ones about, you know, say other people or stuff like that, but, but not in my mom's case. I remember so many great things. Like I can see her face and <laughs> I can see her smile, I can hear her laugh. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's how we all want to be remembered. So, God bless everybody. I hope that this little walk down memory lane is, has allowed you to see just how great some people are and, and uh, how lucky we are to have certain people in our lives and, and uh, how fortunate and again I just I just think sometimes we have to or we should take a look at our heroes and maybe do a little bit of a adjustment on what we consider to be you know a, an outstanding citizen or, or, or somebody that, that, that really is a step above the rest and I believe that my mom was in that category 
she was one of those people that was a step above the rest. Mom, I miss you. I love you. And uh, I, I hope, I hope one day we get to sit down again and have a coffee on a Sunday morning. God bless everybody.